Good morning, dear everyone. Today is Wednesday, the 30th of July, 2014, and we are in the Stillwater Meditation Hall, Upper Hamlet of Plumlish, during our summer opening. We still have uh, two more days to enjoy. Today we have uh, a session of questions and answers. And the children will have the time to ask uh, a number of questions. And then we invite uh, teenagers to ask their questions. You might like to ask real questions. Don't be afraid. And then there will be plenty of time for, for us young adults and adults to ask uh, our questions. And those who uh, have a question to ask are invited to come here and sit around Thay and take turn to sit on that uh, chair so that everyone can see him or her. You know that a good question can uh, help many people. So you should ask uh, the real question in our heart, a question that has to do with our uh, suffering, our practice. If, uh, you, you speak a kind of language that uh, we do not understand here, and you have to bring your own translator. Don't ask questions about Buddhist studies, because this is an, a retreat of mindfulness and not a course on Buddhism. Ask uh, practical questions, questions on the practice. And we know that a good question does not have to be too long. So, children, uh, please come, teenagers, young adults, and others, come here and sit around here. Before we ask a question, we breathe in and out three times with the sound of the bell that we can be calm enough. We are very lucky. It's sunny today. And it will be sunny tomorrow also. And today we have a picnic lunch at Sona Temple down the hill. Are you ready, dear friends? Now listen, let's listen to the bell and do It's wonderful to breathe in 
comment mangent nos parents. Comment on mange nos parents Dear Thai, dear Sangha, the question is, how do we eat our parents? Because uh, uh, yesterday, before yesterday, we spoke about uh, the love, and uh, sometimes we understand love uh, as uh, eating, I love chocolate. So, I love chocolate means I, I want to eat chocolate. Uh, when, when I say I love uh, my mother, it might mean I, I want to eat my mother. And there is a lot of truth in that. If, uh, if we eat our mother and if we don't do anything, and then very soon you eat her all, and there, is, there will be nothing left for us to eat. <laughs> so the answer is that while eating our mother, we have to nourish her, we have to offer her joy, happiness, nourishment. Because mother is like us, she needs uh, nourishment. She needs uh, to eat also. And if we have uh, some uh, freshness, some uh, compassion, some love, uh, and then we can offer our mother. It's like uh, when, we, uh, when we plant uh, an orange tree. We know that the orange tree will provide us with uh, orange blossoms and uh, beautiful oranges for us to eat. And uh, those of us who know how to take care of the orange trees, we, uh, we have the time to water the tree. Uh, to offer the tree uh, nutrition uh, so that the tree continue to grow beautifully and to continue producing beautiful oranges. So our mother like, is like a, an orange tree. We have to nourish her, we have to, to, uh, to help her. And uh, first of all, we have to understand her. Because uh, our mother has so many things to do. She takes care of many things at the same time. And uh, if we uh, take all of her time, then she will have no time to take care of herself. And that is why by consuming our mother, by eating our mother, we have to be very careful. We have to allow our mother to have the chance to, 
to recover, to grow, to be healthy, to be beautiful. So this is not very easy. I think the children should sit down and speak to each other to find a way as how not to make our our mother suffer. Because we children, we can make our mother and father suffer, causing them a lot of problems taking all of their time. So there is a way to behave that we can help our mother to suffer less. One of the things we should do is to sit up with our mother and ask her, about uh, her suffering, her problems. Because we children, we have uh, our difficulties, our suffering. And we only think about our suffering and our difficulties. And we count on our mother to, to help us. But we do not know that our mother also has uh, suffering, difficulties in her. So if you listen to her, she will tell you. And if you understand, you will not demand too much uh, of her. And you can help her uh, suffer less. And you can offer your freshness, uh, your love, your beauty uh, to her. Like uh, when we are angry, when we are lonely, if we know how to sit down and breathe gently and relax, you will suffer less. And our mother would not have to worry too much. Huh? And that is why children can practice breathing, relaxing, and suffer less. In that case, they are are helping their mother, their father. I think children can do a lot in order to help their father and mother suffer less. And one of the things they should do is to talk to them about the suffering and difficulties. Mother, what do you want me to do? What you do not want me to do? And she will tell you. <laughs> and that is very helpful. Like a... <laughs> Thank you.
about suffering. He said that in the Dhamma talks, Thay shares about suffering and uh, he wanted to know when Thay decided to become a monk as a young man, was he already aware of the suffering in the world or was it only later in Thay's life that he became aware that people around him were suffering? Uh, when I was uh, about uh, nine or ten years old, I already began to see that people around me suffer. I did not see as much suffering as uh, when I grew up, but at that time I already could see suffering. Uh, adult, uh, they, they, they suffer from anger. They uh, quarrel with each other. They, they say not uh, words that are not kind to each other. They are nervous. They are not peaceful. And uh, one day I saw the picture of a Buddha on a Buddhist magazine. And the Buddha was sitting on the grass and his, uh, his face is very calm, very relaxed, very happy. I was very impressed. And I told myself, I was uh, a little boy. Now I want to be someone like this. Uh, calm, serene, happy like this. And that is the first time uh, uh, the seat of peace, the seat of uh, 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 compassion, the seat of uh, joy in me was watered by the drawing of a Buddha. I don't know who was the artist that draw uh, the Buddha on the cover of the magazine, but he did me uh, a favor by watering the seat of Buddhahood in me. And uh, later on, uh, my school organized a outing, climbing a mountain um, not very far from, from our district. The mountain uh, is uh, Na National, Mountain National. And, uh, we organized ourselves as uh, groups of five, uh, five boys. And we, are, we were instructed to bring al along water to drink and uh, 
rice bowl and uh, sesame seeds uh, to eat. At that time, there was no Coca-Cola. <laughs> so you have to boil water and to wait for it to, uh, to cool and put it into bottles. And each uh, boy bring along one bottle of, uh, of uh, boiled wa water. The pictures, they also prepare. And uh, they, they brought to them uh, uh, food that is fancier than, than our food. I, I believe that they brought along fried chicken or something like that. And I was very excited because I learned, someone told me that the, up on the mountain nation there, there was a hermit, means a monk, who was practicing in order to become a Buddha. So I was very excited to, 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 meet, to meet him on the top of the mountain. So that morning we started very early in the morning and we go up there in groups of five boys because in my class the majority are boys. A class of 50 and only about five girls. Now the situation is better. The number of girls is equal to the number of boys. And the whole school went together, not just one class. At that time, I did not know walking meditation. So we tried to climb as quickly as possible in order to arrive as quickly as possible. So we got very tired and we drank up all our water. We became very thirsty, you see. Now I know better. I would never climb a mountain like that. We climb in such a way that when we arrive, we are still fresh, happy, because we know walking meditation. So we arrive at the top of the mountain exhausted. And uh, I learned the bad news that the hermit was not there. A hermit is someone who wants to be alone in order to practice meditation deeply. And uh, maybe he had heard that uh, many hundreds of boys are coming up. <laughs> so maybe he has tried to hide himself somewhere in the mountain. That is why when he arrived, we found his hut empty, and I was very um, disappointed. And while the other boys uh, um, set up the picnic, I ventured alone into the wood, hoping that if I am lucky, I can see him hidden somewhere, you see. 
and uh, as I enter the wood, I hear the sound of uh, water dripping. It's beautiful like a piano. And I just follow the sound and I discover a very beautiful uh, uh, little uh, well, natural well made of uh, stones. And the water was so limpid, so clear. And you know, I was very thirsty. So I kneel down and cup the water and drink and drink. It's so delicious. So delicious, especially when you are thirsty. I think you cannot compare it with Coca-Cola. It's much better than Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola. drinking and uh, enjoying the water, I had a thought that this hermit might have a spiritual, uh, spiritual power. Uh, he, he might have transformed himself into a well so that I can see him. It's kind of uh, private audience private audience with someone who is holy, who has magical power, who can transform himself into anything he wants. You know, before that I had learned, heard a lot of fairy tales. So we believe that things like that were possible. So I saw the beautiful well as uh, the transformation of a hermit so that I can privately uh, have an audience with him. And after, I remember very vividly that after having drunk the water, I felt so satisfied, completely satisfied. There's no more desire in me, even the desire to meet uh, the hermit in person. You, you feel fulfilled. You don't need anything else. And that is a very wonderful feeling. The feeling of uh, fulfillment. No desire at all. That is the highest uh, state of uh, mind. No, no more desire. You feel contented. And uh, I lie down and rest for one or two minutes, because it's so wonderful. And I fell into a sleep. I don't know how long did I sleep, but the sleep must have been very deep, because when I woke up, I did not know where I was. It took me many seconds in order to remember that I am on the top of the Nile mountain and the four other boys are waiting for me out there. So I had to sit up, and with a lot of regret, I had to leave uh, the well. And uh, when I found uh, the, uh, the four boys, I was not the same, same boy. 
there was something special in me. I had some satisfaction. I have some peace, a deep uh, experience of peace in me. So I was silent. I did not want to tell the story to other boys because I thought that if I share, then I would lose something. I want to keep it secret. And during the uh, the time I walked down uh, to the boys, one sentence came to my to my head, and the sentence came in French. Because uh, when I was uh, small, I, I already uh, uh, learned uh, French. I did not know any word of English. And the sentence is, uh, I have uh, drunk, I have uh, tasted the most delicious uh, water in the world. Mm. Most delicious water in the world. That's kind of uh, poem, but only one line. Mm. And uh, from that day on, I nourish in myself the intention to become a monk. When you become a monk, you will have more, much more, a lot of peace and compassion, and you can help so many people. And I also learned in a Buddhist magazine, that very Buddhist magazine, I read articles in that, and I found out uh, in my country there were two dynasties the Li dynasty and the Tang dynasties, uh, when Buddhism was very flourishing. Not only uh, the people practiced Buddhism, but the king, the kings and his subjects also practiced uh, Buddhist meditation. There was a king whose name is Tang Taitong. He practiced uh, sitting and chanting six times a day, and he left uh, uh, behind that text of uh, practice still available. So we had uh, 300 or more uh, years of peace. And, uh, uh, and we learned that uh, if the people in the country practice uh, Buddhist meditation, the country will be peaceful and the people will be united. So I, when I grew up, uh, I had the opportunity to become a novice monk. And then not very long after, there was a war between the French and the Vietnamese. And after that, uh, the Vietnamese and the Americans. So there are a lot of war, there are killing and so on. So practicing Buddhism, I try to find out the best way in order to help people to suffer less. And Buddhism, this kind of Buddhism should be practiced in society and not only in, uh, in temples. That's why we have discovered what we call uh, engaged Buddhism. And Buddhism that can be practiced uh, uh, in the marketplace, in the city hall, in the army, in the business circle, uh, in school. So today uh, what we learn here is uh, engaged Buddhism. Uh, the kind of Buddhism that everyone can practice, including uh, very young ones who are still going uh, to school.
Why sometimes when we cry, we're happy, but sometimes when we cry, we're sad? Uh, usually when uh, people are happy, they do not cry. Usually. They cry only when they are sad, when they suffer. But sometimes when we are happy, we are moved, we can cry. And, it, and when we cry like that, we don't suffer. Like uh, someone who is uh, dear to us and who has not been there for a long time, now she come back. And we are so happy and we cry. And, and these are tears of joy. Tears of joy. And it's good to cry like that. And when we suffer, it's natural that we cry. It's good to be able to cry. Because uh, there are people who suffer a lot, but who cannot cry. So we have to help them to cry. It, if uh, we can bring them, help them to bring themselves to cry, they will suffer less. So crying is not so bad. And uh, to feel uh, sadness, loneliness, is not something bad either. All of us feel sad from time to time. All of us feel uh, lost from time to time. All of us feel angry from time to time. There's nothing wrong with feeling sad or angry or lost. But we should learn that why we feel lonely, we feel sad, we feel angry. We have to go back to ourselves in order to embrace our sadness, our anger, our fear. I don't know whether you have tried that or not, but that is a wonderful practice. Sometimes you feel very comfortable when you hold your loneliness. You feel very warm. You don't have to push your loneliness out. Your loneliness is there and you accept it. And you breathe in and out so that you can be truly there and you embrace your loneliness. It's very kind, very nice. I don't know whether you have tried or not. But sometimes we want to be alone and hold our loneliness. And we have the impression that we can be there for ourselves. We don't need another person to help us. We have the capacity to to take care of ourselves. So next time when you are angry or lost or lonely, try that. It's wonderful. And it's an opportunity also. Opportunity also. Learn to go home to yourself 
แนะนำรีสอย่าทีนอย่าสับเลยวันนี้ทเลื่อนดิวเรนเดอร์วานเวียดนามแดดแดดเอเวลิชโคลมิไลเวอร์สบอมด์บายเดอะอเมริกันแอร์ฟอร์ซิสและเดอะโฮเวลิชเวอร์สเดสตรอยด์และนั่นเป็นเพราะว่าแค่ที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่าที่เขาเรียนว่า So they learned that, and so they came and bombed the village. And most of the people were killed. Now, in the situation of war, such things do happen. And uh, and the American uh, military commander. I forget his name. He declared with uh, the press it had to. He had to destroy the town in order to save it. I have to destroy the town in order to save it from communism. So they got very angry. How can you say that you save people when you destroy them? So that anger is so so big, and as a practitioner, they try to go back to himself and hold hold that anger. It takes many days in order to hold anger and to feel calm and to to feel compassion. For those who who have caused uh, damage, because uh, they are victims of wrong perceptions, they want to save people and yet they destroy people. So they do not have the right understanding, right view, right thinking. So we have, should help them rather than to to be angry at them. So they got out of that anger just by. Embracing the anger like this, and they wrote a poem. I hold my face in my two hands. No, I'm not crying. I hold my face in my two hands to keep my loneliness warm. I hold my face in my two hands in order to keep my loneliness calm. Two hands protecting. Two hands nourishing. Two hands preventing my soul from flying out in anger. I think Bessie Rose has put it into music, and if she likes, she can sing that song for us. Hey, Sikotengkong, give her the. The microphone. 
I hold my face in my two hands. No, I am not kind. I hold my face in my two hands in order to keep my loneliness warm. Dear friend, try it next time when you are you have anger, you have loneliness, and you feel the warm with the practice of mindfulness, and you can heal. Two hands protecting, two hands nourishing, two hands preventing my soul from flying in anger. I hold my face in my two hands. I hold my face in my two
uh, with the help of many friends alone I cannot do that so there are many people helping Thai to create Plum Lake thank you for asking the question <laughs> now the children can stand up and bow to the Sangha before uh, leaving and the teenagers will prepare to ask their questions Thank you very much. You have asked a wonderful question. We talk a lot about respecting Mother Earth. But a lot of the food that we eat here is not organic and is exported from countries far away. So when we read the five contemplations, so I feel uh, I feel blocked when I read the five contemplations because the food in front of me is not uh, in line with respecting Mother Earth because it's not organic and it comes from far away. So my question is, how is it that there can be something so incoherent here? We have, uh, we have uh, friends who are taking care of a happy farm. Uh, may they come and offer an answer? Because you have a farm here in Plumbridge uh, growing organic food and you may like to listen to them. The Thaïdi Sangha Sikho Chang Kong shared that she heard that in the New Hamlet two-thirds of the vegetables come from the happy farm but because there's so many people here, more than 1,000, we cannot provide for everyone during the summer retreat. Dear Thai, dear Thai, dear Sangha, um, I just wanted to share with you that uh, the, the Happy Farm uh, is in its second growing season, and it's a pleasure for it's a pleasure to be part of um, the Happy Farm, and uh, we grow uh, lots of fruit and vegetables um, in a way which uh, we 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 kind of. We grow it in such a way that we respect Mother Earth and we respect ourselves, the community, the planet. And I think this is uh, an intention, this is a statement that uh, 
this is the way we would like the community to go forward. So there's a lot of support with the Sangha um, with this with these with this project and uh, um, and uh, like so like has already been shared, there are uh, lots of people that come to Plum Village, um, and our intention is to is to provide more and more um, organic food locally um, as the years pass. And uh, it's a real pleasure, a real pleasure to be able to to, to grow food in this way, and uh, it brings uh, a lot of happiness as well. And uh, I think that's uh, that's all all I got to say at the moment. Thank you very much. Uh, there are things uh, that you should uh, remember. In Plumlesh, uh, we do not eat meat. We do not uh, drink alcohol. And that's uh, very important for protecting Mother Earth. Because the meat industry destroyed a lot of the environment. <coughs> and when you eat meat, you pollute more than you drive a car. And because of the meat industry, they have to cut a lot of forests and provide a grazing land for animals. You pollute the water, you pollute, pollute the land, the air. So refraining from eating meat, eating chicken, uh, is already a big step. And alcohol. We refrain from drinking alcohol because alcohol can be very uh, destructive to our body, to our mind. And uh, in order to uh, to make alcohol, we have to, to use a lot of grain. So next time when we drink uh, liquor, we have to look deeply. The, the amount of grain that we use to make alcohol is uh, enormous. And there are so many people dying in the world because of the lack of uh, food. And instead of using that amount of grain to feed the hungry people, uh, we make it uh, into alcohol and you drink. But in Plumridge, we do not drink alcohol. That is uh, something good. And they say that uh, if uh, developed countries uh, in Europe, uh, North America, if uh, they can reduce the eating of meat and uh, drinking of alcohol by 50%, they can already change uh, the world. And that is possible. So eating vegetarian is a kind of uh, helping already refraining from eating, from drinking alcohol, is always very helpful. In Plum Ridge, we have one, every week we have one no car day. And uh, we are making progress on that.
is not completely uh, uh, contrasting with what we, uh, we chant and recite in the, in the chanting book. And the question is, uh, how can we help a Plumlish to do more, to go further in that direction, uh, living in such a way that can uh, reduce the suffering of the of living beings and uh, preserve our planet? Father in you, your mother in you, 
and your uh, ancestors and your you do not have a you, a separate you. You are made of non-you elements. And you are the continuation of uh, parents, ancestors, stars, moon, uh, sun, uh, rivers, mountains. Everything is in you. So you can talk to them and you know that uh, you are the world. You are the cosmos. And this can be seen with uh, meditation when you are concentrated. And uh, you begin to see. When, uh, suppose a wave on the ocean asks herself, Who am I? A wave. A wave appearing on the ocean. And the wave asks, who am I? And if the wave has some time to get in touch with herself, she will find out that she is, uh, she is uh, the ocean. She is the ocean. She is a wave, but at the same time, she is the ocean. And she she is not only this wave, but she is the other waves also. So she see the, 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 the connectedness, the interbeing nature in her, in other waves, in, in, and in other waves. And, and she no longer discriminates about self and uh, not self. And uh, it's very important that the wave realize that she has a wave body, but she has also an ocean, her ocean body. When the wave really recognizes her ocean body, she loses all kind of fear and of discrimination. So that is the, the goodness of meditation. It can help us touch your roots and free you from discrimination and fear. And if you believe that you have a self separated from father, mother, ancestors, cosmos, you are wrong. There is no separate self. There is you, but you are not made of non-you elements. It's like a the flower is made of non-flower essence. And if you live mindfully and, and, and uh, with concentration, you will touch deeper and deeper that truth uh, that is in you. And one day you find that you are resting on the ground of the cosmos, like in the Christian tradition, they say, uh, resting in God. When, when the wave is resting on the ocean, she's in peace. When you are resting in God, in your cosmic uh, body, you are in peace. And if you practice walking meditation, uh, every step can help you touch that cosmic body, that ocean body, 
that make you uh, immortal. You are no longer afraid of uh, dying. And people in the world, they are so busy. They have no time in order to, to, to breathe and to walk in order to get in touch with their cosmic body, with their true nature of no birth and no death. So meditation can be very satisfying. You are searching for yourself. You are searching for a meaning. And meditation is to have the time to look deeply, to listen deeply. And when you look deeply, you listen deeply, you get in touch with your, your true nature. And you lose all your fear and discrimination. myself um, and maybe it's a question about loneliness because our friend has noticed that many people have loneliness and it creates suffering in them and in others as well so how to take care of loneliness you feel lonely because you have not seen the, con the, the connection uh, between you and other uh, beings you have not seen the connection between you and the air, the sunshine, uh, the water, the people, the animals, uh, the plants and the minerals. You are lonely because you believe there is a separate self. So the inside of no self, the inside of inner being can help uh, solve the problem of loneliness. Every, everything, everyone is there for you. That is the truth. The sunshine is there for you. If there is no sunshine, there is no life on earth, you cannot be there. And you have to see the deep connection between you and the sunshine. You are made of sunshine. Is the sunshine lonely? The water, the air, Mother Earth, the stars, the moon, they are all there for you. Why do you feel lonely? So, uh, to uh, 
breathe, to walk, to sit in such a way that you can get connected with, uh, with us, with the stars, with the trees, with the air, with the sunshine. Life is a wonder. There are so many wonders of life available. And your body, your feelings are also wonders. And if you know how to connect yourself with those, you will not be lonely. Loneliness is one of the mental formations. There are good ones and there are uh, negative ones. But loneliness sometimes is helpful. Loneliness uh, can, uh, can help us to go home and realize that there's some, something lacking within yourself. You lack understanding. You lack, uh, you don't know how to connect with yourself. You are trying to, uh, to find comforts outside of you. Uh, you have a desire to be loved and to love. And you don't know how to fulfill that desire to be loved and to love. Uh, Everyone, everything has the power to love. Like the sunshine, the sunshine has the power to love. And we human beings, we should have the power to love also. If the sunshine loves us, and then we should be able to love the sunshine back. If uh, the trees love us, and we need to learn how to love the trees, and if we know how to love, we don't feel lonely anymore. There is in us uh, the urge, the need, to be there and to continue. And uh, we don't know how to continue well uh, in, and in beauty, so we have to learn. Everything, everyone has to learn. Uh, the, the, the plant, the flower growing in the garden, she has the need to grow and to continue. She fabricates um, uh, flower and seeds, so that she can, she can continue to, uh, uh, next year and the year after next. So we have that kind of need in ourselves also. In this tradition, we learn that uh, that that kind of loneliness can. Uh, can be transformed into fulfillment if you know how to love. But love is an art. Love is, is to connect oneself with, uh, with others. You can begin by connecting yourself with one thing, one person. And if you succeed, you'll be able to connect with everyone, with everything. 
And true love has uh, the power to heal and to bring uh, fulfillment. And uh, love means to offer well-being, peace, and fulfillment. And there are there are things that uh, that that does that do not offer peace, fulfillment, and joy. And these things cannot be truly uh, called uh, love, like uh, sexual desire. Sexual desire is not love. And many of us uh, mix up the two things. Many young people think that uh, to love is to have a sexual intercourse with another person. But that's not true. That can cause a lot of suffering to you and to the other person. <coughs> true love includes uh, respect and reverence. When you love something, like a flower, when you love something like um, a tree, you have to respect the flower and uh, the tree. When you love someone, you have to respect him or her. Not only to respect his mind and also his body. You have to be very gentle, very respectful in order for your love to be true love. If the other person wants uh, only sex, and you will be able to say that that is not love, that is sexual desire. Love is made of understanding and compassion. If you do not understand the other person, you cannot love him or her. And the teaching of true love is very clear in this tradition. To love means to be there and to look and to listen deeply in order for you to see the suffering, the loneliness of the other person, the difficulty of the other person. When you have understood that person, understood his or her suffering, you begin to love already. When we feel that there is one person that can understand us, the loneliness in us disappears. Because you are being understood by someone. Until you find someone that can understand you, your suffering, your difficulties, you don't have, don't have that kind of feeling of uh, fulfillment of being understood. You are lucky if you there is someone who can truly understand you, understand your suffering, your difficulties, your loneliness. <coughs> and if you you are receiving a great gift from him or from her, that is the power of understanding. And now you have to offer back. Do you understand him or her? 
Ask yourself, dear friend, do you think that I understand you? Help me to understand you. And when you are able to listen, to look deeply into that person, uh, understanding will arrive and begin, you begin to love him or her truly. Uh, and that is a, that's a gift. Love is a gift. A gift that can make another person, a person not lonely anymore because uh, you have been able to offer her, offer him understanding. Uh, and acceptance. You can accept him, you can accept her, because uh, you have understood her, and you are ready to help him, to uh, nourish the good things in him, or to transform the negative still uh, remaining in him, so that you are a true lover. And when you are in love like that, you are no longer lonely. And if you only have a sexual relationship with him or her, well, that makes the situation worse. <coughs> so it is uh, in this uh, teaching and practice, as um, described in the fifth, uh, in the third uh, mindfulness training about true love, it is written very clear. Sexual desire is not love. So when, uh, when the other person uh, uh, demands sex, and we know that this is uh, only sexual desire, we have to be able to, be, to refuse. No, that is not love. When we have understood uh, each other deeply, and the act of uh, being together uh, in a sexual relationship can be a very beautiful thing. But before that, it is ugly. It will destroy you. It will destroy him. So be careful. And if you know how to protect yourself, you have his respect. You can tell him, tell her, uh, what is uh, true love. I think the young, the young people of our time have to learn that. When you love someone, not only you respect uh, him or her, uh, as a spirit, but you respect him or her as uh, a body. Because uh, the body is, uh, is a wonder also. In, uh, in uh, many uh, countries of Asia, we believe that uh, there are zones in our body that are sacred. Nobody is allowed to touch. Like in Vietnam, we believe that this is a place that is very sacred. One of the places. And uh, if you don't know the culture, and if you touch the head of uh, someone, you are not very uh, polite. It is like an altar. The head of a person is like an altar uh, uh, for ancestors, spiritual ancestors, and uh, and uh, blood ancestors. 
And it could not be polite if you touch the head of a person. That is the tradition. For certain, that's different. But uh, when, 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 uh, when a child was, when uh, when you introduce your child to guest, and you want to show that your child can only uh, speak, and you ask him or her to make a demonstration. My child, do you love your parents? And the child, yes, I love my parents. And where do you put that love? And the child will say, I put that love here. And all babies, all young children in Vietnam, they know how to answer like that. So this is a very sacred place. This is an altar for our parents and ancestors. You should not touch that. And then there are places also in our body that you should not touch. You can shake hand, you can pat on the shoulder, but you cannot touch uh, uh, the most uh, private, uh, sacred place in our body. And you cause suffering if you do so. And our body is as sacred as our soul. And there are zones that are interdict uh, for uh, forbidden. Forbidden. It's like uh, the the forbidden city uh, in the capital, uh, the place of the king. The king live in the in the capital. There is a a city called a forbidden city. Uh, only uh, those who are, have the authorization to can penetrate in that. And if you are, if you penetrate in that forbidden city, and then they will arrest you, and they cut the head. So there are zones in our body that are forbidden, sacred. And if someone come and touch, they should be cut. Their head should be cut off. <laughs> So you tell that, to tell that to the boy. If you do that, you, you will lose me. If you don't have respect to my body, you don't have respect at all. And that is not true love. And if you behave like that, uh, the young man will respect you more. And you have the time to find out that whether he is the man that, uh, that is for you. If that person does not have respect, that does not have respect to you, that does not have the power to understand you, you know that that man, that young man is not for you. It's not so easy, so difficult to, 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 to find it out. And loneliness, when you, when you, you feel that you are understood, you are respected, there's no more loneliness. And you can, as you receive that respect and, and, and uh, understanding, you can also practice in order to offer uh, people uh, these uh, two things, uh, respect, reverence, and also um, understanding. And as you are in the path of true love, very soon you will include uh, many of us in your love. 
and finally you can love us all uh, without discrimination because true love always grows. If it stops only with one person, that's not true love. It will grow and bring, bring uh, satisfaction, uh, contentment, happiness to many people. And that is the love of a Buddha. And you can, you can love with the love of a Buddha, embracing all without any discrimination. is uh, trying to get some understanding and love from you. So you have to look at that person and find out uh, what is going wrong in him or in her. Because you are only, if you are thinking only of your own nourishment and healing, that's not good enough. You have to see the need of the other person. And if you understand what is going on in that person, you might be able to help him or her. And you might do that with the help of uh, friends. Because uh, if you are a practitioner, you should have friends, uh, co-practitioners, they can help you. Sometimes uh, the situation is difficult. We have to appeal for help and support from our Sangha. <coughs> um, if uh, we find out that uh, alone we can help such a person, to be more pleasant, to, to be more uh, loving, because uh, maybe that person does not have uh, the capacity to love, to be fresh, to offer 
and uh, there's a lot of suffering in that person. And if you find out that you are not uh, capable of helping him or her, you need some more practice. Because to love is not just to receive, but to give. So on one hand, you have to deepen your practice, cultivate more compassion and patience. And on the other hand, you have to ask your, your friends, your colleagues, in order to help you, how, uh, in order to help that person. And there may be friends who know better how to help him or her. Giving up is also difficult because um, you keep thinking of that and you keep asking you, uh, telling you that you are not capable of helping such a person. And you have to um, um, to be with people who can uh, who can help you, who can nourish you, who can help you cultivate more compassion, more patience, so that you can succeed with that with that person. Otherwise, um, just to cut off relationship, you don't feel good within yourself. You feel that you are helpless. You cannot, you have failed to help such a person because it's very clear that such a person needs help. It's very clear. Even if he he does not say that he needs help, but he really needs help. So the answer is how to cultivate more patience and compassion and how to uh, to ask uh, uh, our friends to help in this matter. And uh, our commitment to someone should be based on that. Otherwise, we continue to suffer, we suffer, and the other person will suffer also. Because if we are not happy, the other person will not happy either. Because the, the other person is always asking for things and is not able to offer anything. And if you continue to suffer, you cannot continue to offer and you will suffer and the other person will suffer. So your decision should be made on of that kind of insight. And we will find out whether we should continue. But if we, if we decide that, uh, not, uh, to, uh, not to continue that kind of close relationship, um, we still, uh, we still, uh, we can still think of uh, of uh, of uh, the continuation to help that person.
even if uh, he is not in, uh, she is no longer in that kind of intimate, intimate uh, relationship, that person still needs help. And that is uh, in Buddhism we call it maksa, not abandoning, not abandoning any, anyone. The Buddha love, the love of Buddha is not to, to abandon anyone. We include everyone in our love. The next thing we will do is to practice walking meditation down to the Shanghai Temple. It's so beautiful today. And we will enjoy a picnic lunch together. There will be no music. No? <laughs> so, dear Sangha, please enjoy the walk and the pink lunch in the Sunnah Temple.